I wanted to think just for a minute together about this uh, triumphant entry. Last week we saw that God and man come together in our vision. God and man come together when Lazarus is raised. We obviously see the power of God in the raising of the dead man, but we see the humanity of Christ in the sorrow and pain and empathy he has for all the people of the world. In this week, we see two things come together in Jesus again. Only this week, it's, it's, there's two strains of Messianic prophecy in the Old Testament. On one side, there's a lot of verses that talk about the coming king who will reign forever, uh, the king, according to uh, the line of David, we read it at Christmas time, of his kingdom, will, there will be no end, right? So we have a conquering king who uh, is going to reign forever. But then on the other hand, we have this other strain of messianic prophecy that, um, that seems almost in direct contradiction to that messianic strain. And it... Uh, it, oh, hang on one second. Oh, there we go. Okay. And, and it seems like it's in direct contradiction because it's the suffering servant strain. We have um, the... In the suffering servant strain, we have all these verses about how uh, he was bruised for our transgressions and bruised... He, he was... Uh, and cru crushed for our transgressions and bruised for our iniquities and by his stripes we are healed. The Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. So these are two very different things. Very, uh, it, it, uh, I can understand the Jewish people being confused and sort of having to choose one side or the other, which they did. And uh, uh, under the Roman occupation, what they were really looking for is that conquering king. So Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a donkey. That's the main thing that we talk about and, and, and think about today. But in that donkey ride, he is both the king and the humble one. The, the, the conquering king usually rides like a stallion, right? He's probably got the best horse of the army, and he rides in on a stallion that's got a gilded saddle and everything. And so Jesus forgoes the conquering king look to ride a donkey instead, to ride the animal of humility. Uh, in <laughs> in um, C.S. Lewis's book, uh, The Horse and His Boy, there's a horse that is a great war horse, and he asks a boy who's going to be going with him, have you, have you ever ridden? Do you know how to ride? And the boy says, uh, oh yeah, I know how to ride. I've ridden a donkey, and the horse goes, <laughs> so you don't know how to ride, because the donkey is very different than the war horse. And so the idea that Jesus rides in a donkey, this is a very, this is a very humble thing. And um, so <clears throat> we have these two strains of messianic prophecy coming together in Jesus, strains that almost seem like they couldn't come together in one person. How can you be the conquering king and the suffering servant? Well, it starts with a donkey ride into Jerusalem where people are hailing him as, as the, the son of David and the king who comes in the name of the Lord. 
And of course, it ends on the cross. And Jesus has a bigger, a bigger enemy than the Romans. The people wished he would defeat Romans, the Roman occupation, and throw them out. And Jesus, the enemy that Jesus was defeating was death itself. The thing that really is underlying the fears of humanity is, is our mortality. That's what people use against us when they want to control us in, in, you know, big ways, that kind of thing. And so Jesus goes in to defeat the biggest enemy there is, and he does it by humility. And I think the lesson is there for us as followers of Jesus. Jesus rides into Jerusalem. His ride is in pure freedom. He doesn't have to do this. He chooses to do it. And in fact, when, when I was growing up reading the Bible, I used to think that everything that happened in Jesus' life just sort of happened. And he's, he's wandering through as the Son of God, and things are happening. And, and wow, all the prophecies are becoming fulfilled. But if you read the New Testament more carefully with like your grown-up eyes, you see that Jesus is doing a lot of things very intentionally. He didn't just randomly find a donkey and decide to have a parade. If you remember, he, he told his disciples to go get him a donkey because we have this thing we have to do. And this thing we have to do is to ride into Jerusalem on a donkey because that's part of the Messianic prophecy. Behold, your king comes to you humble and riding on a, a donkey. And so Jesus did it on purpose and he set it up and he planned it as a fulfillment of messianic prophecy that he was the one. But here's the thing. It's not just a messianic prophecy. It's also a prophetic and provocative. It's a provocative act. Jesus probably would not have been crucified if he had stayed in the Northern territory up in Galilee and, and preached up there and, and people just, you know, heard about him. But as long as you, as long as you like stay out in the country, you know, as long as you're not near the centers of power, you can kind of get away with a lot of stuff, right? So if you remember uh, in the story of Jesus, a while before this, there's a little line that says, Jesus set his face toward Jerusalem. So that's where the whole thing really starts to go down is when Jesus says, I am going to Jerusalem. That's like saying, I'm going to Washington, right? He's going to the capital. And he gets near Jerusalem, and then he orchestrates the fulfillment of the prophecy about the coming king. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed, Hosanna to the king. Right? So what do you do if you are one of the leaders in Jerusalem, and your power depends on maintaining peace? Because the... So the Romans desired basically two things, peace and taxes. Any ruler, any Roman governor who could maintain the peace and collect the taxes was on his way up the chain. And so Pilate actually was a fairly ruthless guy. And, and, uh, he, and the, this area of Judea was considered kind of rough country uh, because of the, the rebellious Jewish people who, who refused to be ruled. And so they sent kind of a tough guy, Pilate, to, to um, take care of it. And so Pilate is in the situation where as long as he maintains peace and collects taxes, he, he's in a position to uh, maintain his leadership and even move up the ladder. And so what is that, if, if that's what he has to do, what do the people under him have to do? Maintain the peace and collect the taxes. And so that's what the Jewish leaders had to do if they wanted to stay in their position because they were only leaders because the Romans 
put them there. So Jesus rides into town on a donkey and people are shouting, here comes the king, here comes the king. And you're a leader who has to report to Pilate. What do you do? What do you do? Well, it kind of depends on the kind of person you are, right? Depends on who you are. If you're a person who is like a, a believer, someone who believes there really is a God and, and that God has been active in the history of the Jewish people, you start to question yourself and you wonder, I wonder what's going on. Could this be it? Or is this another false Messiah? And so you begin to check things out and you begin to analyze things and you probably pray too. And we know that Nicodemus was a, a leader of the Jews and he came to Jesus by night. It's quite a while ago now because he's like, you're kind of causing trouble. And yet on the other hand, you're doing things that only someone whose God is with could do. So we need to check you out. So Nicodemus was one, one of these powerful people that was also a believer. But then there's other powerful people who are there not for the belief, but for the power. And, you know, that's true in any situation where there's power involved. Some people are there to serve and some people are there for the power because they like it. So you have the Nicodemus types and then you have the other types. And here comes Jesus riding in to a parade proclaiming him king. And what are they going to do? Well, actually, they've already decided because Bethany is only a couple of miles away. And that's where Lazarus was, was raised. And when he raised Lazarus just a couple miles from Jerusalem, that's when they decided this guy has to be dealt with. This, and in fact, if you read, if you catch it, it says, and we better kill Lazarus too. <laughs> so, you know, they're completely out for power because here's this amazing miracle and all they can think of is killing the guy who did it and killing the guy who got raised. Because why? Because they're being, they're threatening them. So when Jesus does this, it's not just a random thing. This is intentionally provocative. He is, he's throwing down on the religious leaders. He's, he's throwing down the gauntlet. He's calling the question on him. He's like, say, it's like looking him straight in the face and saying, what kind of person are you? What kind of person are you? What are you doing here? And some of them, Nicodemus, we know included, uh, came to be believers in Jesus as the Christ. And some of them, <clears throat> some of them are the ones who orchestrated the, the, the mock trial of Jesus and uh, got him killed because they wanted to maintain their power. But today's point is that Jesus knew all this was coming and he did it willingly. Jesus knew what was coming he knew that some people would be reacting positively and some people would be reacting with a will to kill. And he got on the donkey and he rode into Jerusalem knowing that he was calling the question and he was going to die. Why did he do that? You and I know the answer. He did it for us. The Bible says that, that in Jesus' death and resurrection, we are reconciled to God. Jesus shows us what God is really like. He is perfect jesus was perfectly free the whole time and yet he chose to get on the donkey and ride into jerusalem knowing he was riding to his ultimate death and he did it for us he did it for you he did it for me he did it for every person in the whole world he did it for the people that won't wear a mask <laughs> he did it for all the people that you feel like you want your distance from he did it for them too he did it for everybody 
Jesus showed his love by getting on the donkey and riding into Jerusalem. So the question I have then is, you and I are followers of Christ. What does it mean for us to get on our donkey and ride? Where, where in your life, this is the question, the question for reflection this morning, where in your life do you need to willingly get on the donkey and ride into something? Where in your life do you need to get on the donkey and willingly ride into something? Not with power, but with humility and love. What do you need to move toward this week in humility and love? Even though it might be painful, even though it might be difficult, it might require you to forgive things that feel unforgivable to you. And when I say that, I'm mindful that Jesus said, unless you die, you will never live. And forgiveness is a kind of a death. It really is. I mean, I, I'm not talking about little things. I, I mean, obviously, little things are little deaths, but big forgiveness, big hurt sits in us. And it's, it's, it's part of us. And we have to be willing to let that die. And, and, I'm, and I, I'm saying that, I'm calling it death because it feels like it is a piece of us that has, has to die. It's our pride that has to die, really. It's our, it's our unwillingness to forgive that has to die if we're ever going to be free. So where do you have to, what, what in your life, if anything, is calling on you right now to just <sighs> go ahead, get on the donkey, and ride in. And not as the conqueror who's going to take control, but as the humble person who's going to love no matter what. Sometimes you're going to ride into a situation and people are going to respond in a wonderful, amazing way. Sometimes they're really going to surprise you. They're going to surprise you when they respond to your humble riding into the situation of love. And you're going to be like, wow, I wasn't quite expecting that. But sometimes they're not. Sometimes you're going to ride in humbly and they're just going to, they're going to be like those other religious leaders where all they see is a chance to take advantage of you. But that doesn't mean you don't ride in because you're a follower of Christ. Christ rides in in humility to bring love and forgiveness, grace and truth, John says, to every situation. So that's the reflection question, I think. And that's a good, it's kind of a good Lenten question, really, is what in your life do you need to just square your face and ride into with grace and truth and humility? Is there something you just need to kind of get on your donkey and ride into? Because that's the way we follow Christ. It might be a relationship with other people. It might be, um, it might be somebody that you're estranged from or, or somebody that you're not estranged from, but you haven't told them about some way that they really hurt you. Uh, or it might be some way that you know you really hurt them and you need to just kind of ride into that and say, you know what, I'm sorry. I, I'm just going to get on my donkey and ride in just like Jesus. It might even be your relationship with yourself. And I don't know all that that might mean. But, but some of us hold different parts of us at bay. Some of us compartmentalize ourselves. Some of us uh, hang on to things or refuse to forgive ourselves. 
maybe that's what you need to just bring grace and truth to and say, yes, I did that. Yes, I thought that. Yes, I acted like that. But that's just the truth. You need the grace too, because that's why Jesus wrote in is to bring grace, to say that all is forgiven. And maybe you need to get on your humble donkey and say, I'm going to forgive myself because I'm going to admit to myself that I'm not perfect. I'm going to admit to myself that I've done some pretty horrible things. And I'm just going to let God forgive me. Maybe, maybe that's the humble donkey you need to ride in on. I don't know what it is for you. Uh, I can think of a couple things that might be for me. I know that um, I'm probably not going to tell you all of them. <laughs> but I know they're there. And it's kind of like when I was thinking about this, I was thinking about my office, which uh, it looks pretty neat, doesn't it? That's kind of the way our lives are sometimes. What we let people see is pretty good. We've tidied up what we let people see. But if I was to turn the camera around and let you see other parts of my office, yeah, not so great. And I'm not going to do it actually because my camera is mounted and it, I, I, otherwise I would, I would just show you it's, it's a mess, but, um, cause at the end of the week, right. But, but our lives are like that. We kind of, we got a camera and we point it and we let people see the things we want, but we all know that everybody has their own version of a messy inner office inside of us. And maybe, maybe you're holding on to guilt or resentment or fear. And that's where you need to, see Jesus riding his humble donkey in to die for you. And then you need to step onto your humble donkey and, and let yourself be forgiven. Let yourself have peace. Let yourself be loved. Because Jesus loves you. That's what he was doing on the donkey. Loving you. Would you take a moment to pray with me? Father in heaven, we see Jesus on that donkey and it's, it's kind of a strange thing because it's like a parade for a king, but he's riding the most humble beast of burden there is. And so the contradictions of the Old Testament, the conquering king and suffering servant come together in Christ who died on the cross for our sin. And we know you are not holding anything against us. Father, you know where each of us needs to kind of get on our humble donkey you know that some of us have uh, have been hurt or angered by other people, and we've created distance between us and them. <clears throat> that uh, that you that you we know that while we were still sinners, you died. Your Christ died for us. While we were your enemies, he got on the donkey and rode into Jerusalem to die for us. So let us have his mind when other people hurt us when other people anger us, form in us the mind of Christ to, to climb onto our humble donkey and just bring grace and truth into that situation. <clears throat> and if we have hurt somebody else, if we have angered somebody else, when new things come to our attention that we feel like, well, they deserved it or whatever, help us to follow the example of our Lord and just ride into that situation with grace and truth to seek forgiveness from them. And Father, some of us live with really uh, a lot of stuff inside. Uh, some of us have trouble forgiving ourselves for things. 
<clears throat> some of us have a lot of hurt or pain. Some of us feel bitter. I want to ask you to help us see Christ riding on that donkey to his death willingly, all out of love for us. And then I want to ask for those of us who deal with those inside things to give us grace and truth, truth to see them as they really are, and grace to let the love and forgiveness of Christ flow into those deep parts of our lives so that we can have his peace. Father, all this we pray and lift up to you in the name of Jesus, our Savior. Amen.